Welcome into the Jesus Tactics. Gabe, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to interview a friend of ours named Brandy, who has gone through a season of disorder in her faith and in her life. Um, where she started questioning things, things that she had been taught, wondering if church as we know it is what this is really what it's all about. And so she just went through this disruption in her faith, and she's going to tell us about that. Yeah, and this interview is really powerful. And if you are going through this, I think this would be so encouraging to you and to realize that you're not alone. And a lot of what you're experiencing is, is normal for what uh, people go through in this deconstructing, and, and there's more and more people going through it. And I think, as you will hear, it's nothing to be afraid of, and that it's that you'll be okay. And she gives some great insight as to what to do as you go through it and, and, and how to navigate it. Yeah, one thing she'll talk about is how important having one or two safe people in your life where you can just be honest with them and say, This is what I'm struggling with, these are the questions I'm asking. And they can just sit and listen with no judgment, and they can just absorb it, and maybe they can just encourage you. But I, I know other people going through this season of disruption who have shared their, their questions with friends from church, and they've been told things like, well, you're just being influenced by demons, or you, know, you just need to have more faith. And those types of responses don't come from safe people. Who, are, who, are, who care about you and listen to you. Because they're just not helpful. It's not helpful. Maybe they care about you, so maybe that's not the right thing to say. But she found, Brandy found two or three safe people that she could just be real with, and that was one of the takeaways I, I had from listening to her. Yeah, I think one of the other takeaways for her is that, that I heard is that her understanding of God expanded, where it wasn't so confined into church and the Bible but there was other places that, that her, her relationship became a lot more dynamic when she came to that realization and that it was okay not to open your Bible. Yeah. And one last thing I would say is that if you are in a place of disorder like this and you don't know of any safe people, we are starting another Jesus Tactics small group. So reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And hopefully um, you can trust us with those questions. Uh, yeah, and that's Phil at thejesustactics.com or Gabe at thejesustactics.com. Feel free to reach out to us. So here is Brandy. Brandy, thanks for joining us in the Jesus Tactics. And um, thank you for being willing to share your story of the journey you've been on the last... How, how long do you think this journey you've been on from, from where you were at to where you're at now as far as when it comes to kind of deconstructing your faith a little bit? I feel like really in this journey and realizing I've been in it probably about the last like 10 to 12 months. Okay. I think realistically it's been more like two, two and a half years and I just didn't realize it. So talk a little bit about what life was like prior to entering this uh, time of deconstructing and really questioning things. Yeah. Well, I feel like I got to go way back. So like my background Grew up as a pastor's kid, always grew up in the church, didn't know anything different, never missed a Sunday. Went to college, went to a Christian university, did the whole, like, we can do the checklist thing, like, I'm going to heaven for sure. So yeah, no, life was good. I did that. And then after graduating, I moved to Mexico, um, became like a volunteer nurse. And so I thought life was really good. I thought my faith was really good, just doing the right things, you know, 
going to the least of these and serving and going to church every Sunday and reading my Bible. That was what I thought the Christian life was. And, and how did that feel during that time? What was it? What were some of those emotions or yeah. what was that like? I think I thought that it was right. Because all that to say, like, it's not like it was just an empty void or, or it's not like it was just, I felt all the time, like I was completely missing it. But at the same time, like, I did always feel like I, there was just something like I never felt. I think what I thought my struggle was is I felt like I could never fully feel the father's love and I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, Oh, if I just read my Bible an extra five minutes or, you know, do a little more like that's what's the mindset I was in. But I think the emotions with it, like, I guess it was just a struggle of, I thought I was doing the right things and it just never felt like I thought it was supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but. I think it's interesting that even in that time of McCall order, mm-hmm. things, you know, I'm doing these things, there was still something in the back of your head that was kind of, there's something missing. Yeah. But yet it sounds like you went through, through the, the, the routine Well, this is what I do and that'll eventually take care of whatever that is in the back of my head. Yeah. Yeah. But it had always been there. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. That almost maybe like if I go to church, read my Bible, serve the least of these, that I will, like, I think you just said something like, I will obtain the, the Father's love. Yeah. It's kind of what it felt like. Even though you, like you said, you checkmarked the box, said the prayer, whatever, there's still kind of that gnawing, still something is missing. Yeah. Yeah. I think what it was, like, I always had read that verse about the abundant life. And I'm like, if this is it, like, I think we need a new word, not abundant, maybe. Like, I felt like that was always mm. missing. I'm like, I don't think I'm living that. Hmm. Even though you moved to Mexico, volunteering, people I'm sure were like, oh, you, you're amazing, Brandy, for doing this. And, but there was yeah. still something. Yeah. Like, it just, like, on the outside, it felt right. And I was, you know, writing all my messages back to supporters and just doing all the right things, saying all the right things. But I think there's always just this, like, gnawing and this knowing of, like, I, there has to be something more to this. So then uh, what was it? that kind of disrupted that, that kind of made you kind of go, okay, this isn't quite working anymore or whatever those words might be. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there was any one thing. Like, I think it really was just being down in Mexico, the different things that I got to see and the different people I got to see serving. I just started seeing this incongruency between my life my motives maybe and the motives of these people. So I, I remember going to Tijuana and seeing pastor Albert, who's, you know, a pastor at this church and he was, you know, he had migrants there and like, I would see him and see his heart. And I'm like, man, like I, that's not my motives for doing things. I don't have that. Or like, I would see different people serving in the community where I was serving. And I'm like, I'm doing this to be enough and they're just doing it to love, you know? And so I think like seeing those little things, and at first I didn't realize that, but I think just like the buildup of seeing these different people like truly live with Jesus started just like, it was just like this little knocking in my brain of like just this little, wait a second, like my life's not quite like that. Like that's not my faith. That's not my walk. And then I think like, I really just came to a head with all of this. I started therapy one, which was just so helpful. And I'd never done that in my life. And 
I just think everybody should do it. Like that has just been really eye-opening, amazing, like life-changing for me. But then like my process of leaving Mexico was really hard. And I think it kind of just took me, knocked me on my butt and going from living in Mexico still, I had this in my head of like, there has to be something different, but I still was like, I have to earn God's love. So then I'm abruptly shifted into the States again. And I'm like, Ooh, this isn't enough. Like, Oh gosh. Like if I wasn't doing enough there, like how can this be enough? And like, I was just knocked flat on my butt and just had to start from zero basically. And I just started like reevaluating every single thing at that point. It finally all came to a head of like, something is wrong and there's no more of like, Oh, something's wrong, but I'll just do more and cover it up. Mm-hmm. It was like, something's wrong. Like me and Jesus have to figure this out. So you, you just said something of, I didn't want to interrupt you of, I was doing this to be enough, not doing this just to be loved. Is that what yeah. you so yeah. Can you just explain that a little bit more? I mean, I feel like you have, but just that phrase, what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, I just, I think, and this is like maybe jumping ahead, but somewhere along the line of my growing up, I picked up, it's all about what I can do for Jesus. And like, if I can somehow do it, I don't know how to say it without using enough, but like do enough in my life then I'm finally going to be good enough for him to love me rather than I doesn't matter what I do. Like I know now, like nothing I do can ever be enough for him, but it's like a reverse of like, he loves me and loved me when I was nothing. And like, that's just given to me. Like that's just free. Like I don't have to earn that. I can't earn that. And everything that I do then should be an outflow because he loves me so much. It's not the motive isn't, oh, like a tit for tat. Like I have to like, if he did this for me, I have to do this. It's truly just like, he loves me. So out of that love, it's just living and walking in that. So going from this life here in Mexico, you mentioned that that move back was not rock bottom, but you kind of, it just kind of, kind of. Okay. From that point forward, what was that experience like? What were those emotions? What were those those conversations you were having yeah. between you and God or even just with yourself? Yeah, my gosh. It was just a lot of different emotions. I just felt like I was feeling everything all the time and I didn't want to. Honestly, those first couple of months, it was more about, I don't want to feel these things anymore. Like I didn't want to, like I knew something needed to change, but everything was just so fresh and raw and everything hurt so bad. Like everything, just like literally across my whole life. The first couple months, it was just, God, why? Like, I don't want to hurt like this. I don't want to feel this. But then I think after a couple months of, and it, part of it was just like wanting to sit in self-pity too. Like, honestly, now I can look back and see that. But I think after a couple months, starting like my life there, starting to move a little bit, starting a job, getting an apartment, as things started moving forward again, like that was kind of just the wake up call of, okay, like you realize something needs to change. You can't just keep sitting here and like asking God to take this, these feelings away. Like what if you can channel those to then like, oh, this is an indicator of something's wrong. And so I think I just started and what I'm still saying to this day of like, I just want to hold on to Jesus and let go of everything else. Like I just want to kind of start not from the bottom because like you can't just completely erase everything, but I just want to 
hold on to Jesus and let what comes out of that come out of that. And I think at the beginning, it was like just a holding on for dear life. Some days it was like, I have no idea what to do, so I'm just going to try to cling. And it wasn't always a pretty process, and it, you know, still isn't, but it was just, let's let go of everything else and just grab onto him. What would be some of those everything else's that were being let go? I mean, I think just the, the ideas and beliefs that I had about even who God was, like the way I viewed him. I, and a lot of that was I had the opportunity to be a part of your Jesus Tactics like small group that we did. And hearing truly the heart of the Father like as a heart of love and justice and that versus him waiting basically to smite me, I think without realizing it, I always read the Bible in an angry tone. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point in those groups, somebody mentioned like, reading it in the Sermon on the Mount in like a tone of love and not of just this like, he's yelling, you know, I think that began to shift things. So like changing my view of who I saw God as and not the scorekeeper, not the angry guy waiting to smite me, that needed to be let go. I think my views about myself, because if I view God improperly, I'm going to view who I am improperly. And so I've always had like perfectionist tendencies, but I think letting go of some of those things and the earning and the trying to be enough and that's still a work in progress, but trying to let go of that. I think the traditions that I grew up in, I'm so thankful for my upbringing and for growing up in the church and my parents, but like at the same time, a lot of things I was doing just because somebody on a stage taught me that. I think I started realizing like some things, where do we find this in the Bible? You know, maybe way down the line that stemmed from that, but then we've taken it and we've put in some traditions higher than Jesus' words. So just letting go of those things too. I don't know. It was just everything. Yeah. When, when I hear that, knowing what, what I've gone through, I mean, that time is kind of a scary time because you're not really sure where this is going. Yeah. So during that time, did you ever feel abandoned by God? Yeah, definitely. I just remember like there were some days of... Like, what am I doing? One. And I did also, like, I felt a big guilt at times with this. Of, like, how dare I question what I was brought up in. I would carry around this heavy guilt. And so then from that guilt, then I'd get angry at God. Like, how can you let me question this stuff? If I, you know, I'm 24 now. Like, I should know by now what's true and what's not. Like, so then I would get angry at God then for, like, having this guilt even. And there are just so many days where I struggled for a while to open my Bible. Because I would, like, once I realized I was reading it angry, there was a time, though, where I didn't know how to read it. And so then I would be angry about that because the Bible has always been a way that God really communicated to me. So I was like, I need you right now and you're quiet. And I, like, I'm struggling to read your word. And I try to pray and there's nothing. And I don't know how to pray and... Yeah, like there was just so many days where it was so dark and empty and I just felt like I was spiraling. Like, what am I doing? So it goes back to those times where you just clung to Jesus. So what yeah. What do you mean by that? You yeah. just clung to Jesus. What's If everything else is falling apart, what, what about Jesus were you hanging on to? I think I was just clinging to 
And most of the days I didn't feel it. Like it wasn't like, but it was just actually just telling myself, Jesus is who he says he is. Whether or not I see that right now, whether or not I feel that, it's Jesus. He's it. And like, there's like so many days though, like we're truly, I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know what that means in this moment, but I've had enough glimpses in my life of seeing other people and in my own life, like of seeing Jesus move. I know he is who he says he is. And I don't even know right now who all he is, but like, I just know I can't let go of that. I've seen the glimpses of his truth and who he is and his love. And I just have to declare that. So I don't completely just fall. Mm -hmm. I'm curious through this process and I'm sure you're not through it because I think it's kind of always ongoing at least mm-hmm. for, for me has your has the gospel changed? yeah how? can you yeah I mean I think it goes back to switching from like the angry God to the God of love in that I always viewed the gospel I knew it was like this sacrifice and out of love. But I don't know how to put this to words. I think before though, because I just so much had that earning mindset, it was like, okay, Jesus died and forgave my sins and you know, all the other things that go with that. And so the purpose of my life then is to try to be worthy of that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that is, without knowing it, like, that's kind of how I viewed the gospel. So rather than it being this amazing free gift of him just loving us, it was always like, okay, so this was done for me, so now my whole life is trying to reach this level of what he did. And now, yeah, like you said, it's still ongoing, and, you know, what I say today could be different a week from now, but it's, yeah, he did this... You know, he he died for us and gave us this love. But now, like, my life, like, I can just sit in that and just, like, rest in that truth. And, yeah, it's, like, not about having to earn that. Like, it's already given. So before, was God angry in your mind before? I didn't think I saw him that way, but yes, like now I see him as that. So looking back, that's how you kind of saw him. Yeah. So you went through kind of a season, you're in a season of disorder. Yeah. And maybe some things are falling into place a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, has that part changed? How has your view of God changed? So you're talking about yeah. Jesus. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. When you say Jesus, do you yeah. also mean God? Yeah. But, yes, but, so like, yeah, my view of God was definitely always angry. And again, I didn't realize that. And it's not like he was necessarily just this like mean, angry voice in my head. Mm -hmm. But I guess I did really separate God of Jesus in my head because it was like, Jesus was this guy that died for me and I was trying to earn what he did. But then God was always the one waiting to be like, am I going to give you a point, like one step closer to earning it? Or are you going to go down a step? You know? Mm -hmm. It was like he was just just this judge or, you know, whatever you want to say. And so now I think whenever I think of God and think of him truly as God the Father. And this is where I am thankful that I did have an amazing or do have an amazing earthly father of like, he loves me unconditionally. And 
that he is good and that the heart of the father and like right now in my process, I'm really just like the idea of love and justice. Like I'm really like digging into those. Um, but that truly, truly, truly his heart is 100, 100% love. That is who God is. And, and then just his idea of justice with that. I think I always thought of justice as that anger. Like that's why God was angry, but now seeing, and I still don't, this is what I'm still working on, but like that, out of his love flows that justice. And that is just another like facet of his love. So it's just, and it's still working on that shift in my head, but that's like kind of where I'm at. What was it that helped you get from God is angry to God is love? That's a yeah. pretty big yeah. transition. Um, that's another one where like, I don't know that it was really one thing. I honestly, a lot of it has been like my therapy sessions. I still like weekly meet with a therapist and I've been really fortunate that, like, she's a Christian and is just incredible. And it's been good accountability for me in walking through this. But I, I don't remember the exact conversation we were having, but we were talking a lot about, like, my childhood and, like, trying to figure out where certain ideas came from. And it kind of just hit me one day. Like, we were just talking, having this conversation, and it was, like, I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was just very much, like, this phrase or idea just like passed through my head of like why are you seeing me so angry like where do you get this like where like I don't know and we just like I in that moment I was like hey this just came through my head and we just started talking about it and so that week I just challenged myself it was actually the Sermon on the Mount I'm like all right I'm just gonna read Sermon on the Mount and change like just try to like actively read it differently and see if anything changes like let's just say let's just do a little trial, you know? And so I just started doing that and it completely changed everything. It completely changed the meaning. Like it, I was just reading it as like rules and this angry God. And it's like, no, this is like out of his love. And he wants us like, instead of living these rules in life, like it's truly just a lifestyle of just walking with him. And he wants us so we can have that abundant life. Like it, I don't, it was just a complete flip upside down on its head and it's still a process like I'm saying but like I, it was that week that I'm like what if I just try this what if I try to read it differently what if God is who he says he is and not who I've made him to be in my head so you kind of talk about it but where what what is you mentioned therapy but what else has been really helpful during this this time mm-hmm. you mentioned what and, and also what hasn't been helpful yeah um, I, yeah, I feel like it's been a lot of trial and error. Um, let's see. I've been reading a couple different books that have been like really helpful that I've like friends have given to me or, you know, the one I'm reading right now is pursuing justice, um, wrecking my world <laughs> in a good way. Um, which is by Ken, Ken Weissman. Wh- yeah. And then I feel like a lot of it has just been conversations with people that like are close to me and know me, like conversations with my brother, us just getting to like dialogue and like with him, like it's a safe space. And I feel like I can just like throw out anything and have those conversations with, I mean, our, the small group that we did at the beginning of last year, this past year, that was really helpful. Just getting, again, having that safe space to just bounce ideas off your perspectives of other people going through a similar thing, but maybe in a different spot. Um, I think those all have all been life-giving and have spurred me on in the, a positive direction in all of this. 
I think a negative that I did not realize or like a, where I should not have been, have actually been different podcasts. So I love podcasts, but what I didn't realize until honestly, like five, six weeks ago, like recently in that, in those spots where like, I felt like I was, I had just kind of undone everything and I was like ready to rebuild. That was a really dangerous part because I didn't realize it, but I really at that point, any voice that would have come in, I think I would have listened to because I was so, I so wanted to have something again, mm. like having nothing was scary. And so I like started listening to a couple different podcasts that truly, truly felt life giving. Like, and I would talk to my therapist about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I listened to this podcast this week. Like, it just was like, this is so good. But then like, there was like, just this like little inkling of like, you know what? I, there's something about this is, isn't quite right. Like, I don't know what it is, but, and I sent one to my brother. I'm like, Hey, will you just like, listen to this? Like, give me your thoughts. And thankfully I have a brother that is not mince words. And he was like, I think this is about as far from Jesus as you can possibly get. Like, it's like using the right things and then twisting it. And I'm like, Ooh, I think you're uh, probably onto something there. But it was like the scary moment of like, I had been letting these voices like influence me and like, cause I was just so ready to cling to anything. So anything that sounded right in my mind, I was like, all right, I'm going to just grab that. Cause I want to have something. And sometimes voices from other people are easier than just sitting in the Bible and, you know, getting that, like it feels more interactive. And so that was a dangerous thing for me that like, and I know that there are good podcasts out there, but like, I've just like, I'm like, I'm going to take a little break from any sort of podcast and just like right now focus on the Bible and reading that. So like, I honestly think for me, it's just been like the conversations have been really helpful for me in those safe spots and having accountability in that. And then the not so great have been the podcast. Was there a time, because I think we've heard this from people that they're going through this and there's no safe place. How did you find those safe people? I mean, I think I was really fortunate in that I always knew I had my people. I had my brother and then I had my best friend and my therapist as well. But like specifically like my brother and best friend, I think I was really fortunate. And I know some people don't have this. Like I always knew that they were a safe space. So I like always felt the freedom to let them know right where I was. And that like that, I know that's a blessing. Like I know not everybody has that. And I don't know how I would have gone through this without them. So yeah. Thankfully, I had it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who is in really an intense season of disorder mm-hmm. and can't even pick up their Bible? Like, they just can't do it. That it's okay. Because <laughs> I, think, I think for me, because of, you know, we've already talked about the earning it, I would start feeling horrible because I'm not opening my Bible. But then I would open it and, like, it was like, I'm just reading these words and it doesn't mean anything at all. And I wouldn't feel any better then. I would almost feel more frustrated. And so I think I would just say it's okay. Like, and I, that's the thing, like, I wish somebody, I mean, I had my people, but like, I guess they like never maybe fully talked about that. But like, I wish I had somebody to just tell me, Hey, it's okay. Like Jesus in the spirit, it's only found in the Bible. Like I, obviously God's word is very important, but our God is so big that we can't just limit him to that one thing. So I think the other thing that was beneficial for me is I would just go to the park. Nature has always been something I love. I would just 
pop headphones and listen to some music and just walk in the park. And I'll be like, you know what, today this is my Bible, you know, like just, and I think that's been the other part of this process is expanding my view of God and how you can find him. Because I think it was very limited, very much in a box of like the ways to find him are, you know, the Bible, are praying, are going to church. That's it. And so I think just giving myself that freedom of like, wow, God is so big that I can encounter him and walk with him in the park. You know, and some of those days were more life-giving than when I tried to open my Bible. So I think that's been the other big part of this process. That's, that's so good and so important. I love how you said that, just like understanding that God is much bigger than, mm-hmm. even though they're important, the Bible, church, and what was the third thing? You said prayer. prayer. Yeah, that's, that's so important because I think you're right. We limit God yeah. as to what he's able to do. So... What has helped you rebuild? Or, how, or maybe where, where, where are you now? Yeah. I do. I feel like right now, again, it's an ongoing process, and I know that, and it probably will be all of my life, but I feel like I'm finally in a good spot again. Of, I think the biggest thing is like feeling comfortable with God and Jesus again. Because I think... I had so much fear and hesitancy. Like, what if I do this wrong? You know, what if I believe the wrong things? And especially after, like, listening to those podcasts, I was like, oh, my gosh. And, like, realizing, like, maybe these aren't the voices I need. I was like, I suck. Like, I'm listening to the wrong voices. Like, what am I doing? How can I do this? But I think finally, like, where I'm at right now is just once again, like, or maybe for the first time. I don't know. But of just feeling comfortable with just walking with Jesus. And I think I've always like in the past said that, cause I knew that was the right thing to say, but really and truly just waking up each day and not having my set things like, okay, I'm going to read my Bible for 15 minutes and then I'm going to do this. But I'm just like, all right, God, like, what do you have for us today? What are we going to do? And sounds more dynamic yeah. of a relationship instead of a static. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from expanding who God is to me. And I think maybe for a while without realizing it, well, because I saw him as angry, I lived in almost a fear of God, but the unhealthy fear of God. And so I also think that I was afraid of moving outside that box I had put him in. Like I can only find him in the Bible and prayer. And then it was scary anywhere else because like, Ooh, like that's, I can't control that. That's, you know, And so I think now it's, and it's scary, but like just being like, God, you are so much bigger than anything I can imagine. And who knows what you're going to ask of me in this day, but let's go, you know, like, and it's definitely a trial and error. And I'm not saying I'm doing it right at all. And sometimes I feel nudges and I'm like, nope, not today. (laughs) But it is just like, I like truly feel comfortable, I think, with, him for the first time because and he always knew who I was but I don't have this fear of him or fear of like I'm not good enough for him so I need to hide this like now I'm like you know all the ways that I suck and mess up and you don't like you care but you don't like you still love me and that doesn't change that so now I can just like truly just be me and walk in that Mm -hmm. and so I think just out of that like 
he just keeps showing me who he is. Like, I think my prayer recently has just been like, give me eyes to like see you and truly know you. Like I, I, for a long time, I was like, man, I just wish I could read the Bible again for the first time. Mm. And I like had that thought. And then like, God was kind of like, you kind of are mm-hmm. like you are. Mm-hmm. And so just through that and that freedom, I feel like he's just been teaching me a lot and it's been, it's been fun. It's fun again. All right. This is, this is a leading question. But do you feel like you're being born again? Yes and no. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like this question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. It just, like, I guess I just never thought of it in those terms. But... Yeah, I mean, I've never experienced this. Like, this is all new. And that's kind of scary. And it's weird because there are pieces that are very similar to three years ago. But, yeah, I'm just, like, seeing God completely different. And, yeah, I guess. I just never have thought about those terms. So, for other people that are in the in the midst of kind of that rock bottom or heading that way and are scared, are confused, or kind of where you've been, what would you encourage them with? What would you tell them? I mean, I think first and foremost, just like, it's okay. Like, I just think like the guilt sometimes would just overwhelm me of going through that process. Like, I don't know. I would just feel like, how dare I question this? How dare I go through this? How, but I'm like, I can't really control it also. Like it just is happening, you know? So I think first and foremost, just like, it's okay. Second, you're not alone. Cause I think that's the other thing. I was very fortunate to have other people around me that were going through the same thing or had gone through the same thing. So just knowing I wasn't alone in that and I'm not crazy. Um, and then I think third, but this is hard. Like I was lucky in this, but just like, try to find that safe space or that accountability or something like, I don't know. I think that just kept me sane of being able to have at least one voice that gave me the freedom to think through everything and like off the wall ideas, throw things out, like completely question everything, but in a loving way would like also like, let me have that freedom to do that. But like, also keep me from just like completely like going crazy and off the path or I don't know what the right terminology is but I don't know I just feel like the biggest things that like I was just so thankful to like hear and that I could have heard every single day is just like it's okay and you're not alone like I think that was just the biggest and just like God is faithful I think that's been the other thing of like in all this journey it's felt like it's taken forever And it's, like I said, it's still ongoing, but it's only been really actively like 10 months or so. And so like in those days of just like what is happening of just God is faithful. He is like, he does the work. He does what he says he's going to do. There were so many days where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to end up on the other side of this. And, but now I'm just like so thankful that I like, did go through all of this. Like I would take those crappy days again to get to where I am today. Hmm. So just keep going. Yeah. 
So to those that are scratching their heads about the amount of people, especially your generation, that's leaving and maybe not quite understanding but wanting to understand, what would be your message to them? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. (laughs) Because I don't... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I want to just say, like, give grace and be understanding. But I know, like, at least from my own experience, what's been hard is that generation is truly just, like... And it's. I think it comes at least somewhat out of, like, a heart of love. But, like, they're terrified. They see this. And they're like, oh, my goodness, they're throwing away Jesus. They're, you know. And so I think then, like, the response is to just, like, claws out, like, this is not okay. I don't know. And so I think it's just, like, give grace and understanding and maybe just sit back and just listen. Like, rather than just hearing, like, the terminology of deconstruction or leaving or all of that, like, I think that is just, like, hot button. Like, I'm immediately going to bristle and, like, that's not okay I don't want to entertain a conversation with this. I think just listen. Like, I I don't know. I think there's just way too much grouping and judgment that happens all across Christianity and society in general. But I think if we just listen to people and listen to the person in front of you and, like, hear them out and see where they're coming from, I think both parties could learn so much. And rather than it being, like, a group against group, it could be a walking together and maybe both parties' lives would be changed, you know? Thanks, Brandy. You've given us a lot to think about and a lot of wise words that you shared with us as well. So if you're listening and you're interested in our Jesus Tactics groups, please contact us at phil at thejesustactics.com or gabe at thejesustactics.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you tune in next time.